Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome to the Mind Your Own Podcast with Aaron Sorensen and Sasha Durkin. Where we stick to sports, except when we're not. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Own Podcast. I'm Erin. I'm Sasha. And we are joined by a very special guest, Sadie Gray. I am going to run down. Her list of everything is very impressive. Heard at Media Content Creator, Meathead Test Kitchen, Creator, Co-Host, Coach with Meathead Athletics as well. I have gotten to know Sadie over the internet because of this pandemic, but through <laughs> Sasha. So I have long been saying I wanted to have you on the show Sadie, welcome. Hi. Y'all know how to make a girl feel special. Jeez. <laughs> I talk you... to you all the time, so I'm not going to say this special. I know. I know. Okay. <laughs> She's like, it's fine. No, I, you know, if anybody who is tuning into this podcast is looking for something new to listen to, I really, really recommend Meathead Test Kitchen. It is also on the Herd App Media Network. And I would say for myself, over this last year, especially as I've kind of gone on my own fitness journey, I've really enjoyed it because both Sasha and Sadie are just very real about everything. <laughs> and I really appreciate the podcast that you both host so much. So, so thank, thank you. you. Thank it's, you. It's one of those things where everybody thinks that like health and fitness is this big secret. It's not, you just have to be consistent and patient. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like patience is key. <laughs> Yeah. And you know, this is, we just recently, my fiance and I, he really, he gets into like the new technology of things. And so he found one of those scales that like does everything. It tells you like all these things. And I'm not a big scale person in the sense of like, I I'm more about how I feel, but it is interesting to watch sort of the trends. And the thing I've really come to find with my personal health and fitness is that number on the scale means nothing. It oh. means absolutely nothing. Cause you could have a day you wake up and you're like, I feel bloated. Doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I woke up this morning looking like I swallowed a beach ball because uteruses <laughs> are fun. <laughs> you know, it's like one of those things. It's like the scale doesn't mean anything. The scale is your relationship to gravity and that's it. Oh yeah. yeah. It fluctuates so much and there's so much that goes into it too. Like we talk about this quite a bit just because like we think it's super important to constantly remind people that it's literally a way of collecting data about your body. I have a weight range. I don't have a weight. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh, and you know, and we, we teach, we are all collectively speaking about this as women, but it was something that this week too, I mean, I've, I'm always so interested when, so I've been covering Nebraska football and some capacity for almost a decade now. And there, it's always interesting when the thing about like, what is your, you know, oh, it looks like you're leaner. Oh, it looks like you've put on weight And that like conversation, even for men around, like you're looking this way or not, or what is such like, in my mind, a little bit of a, a mind game, because mm -hmm. I mean, what if you were that athlete and 
you have been working hard or maybe it has been like this last year, which was really, really hard on people and you aren't feeling great. And now people are pointing out like you look different. That has to be like, I just, to be an athlete with so many eyeballs on you and people like dissecting your bicep versus your, like, it has to be just a little overwhelming. Which you have no control over. (laughs) Hand size. Your hands are looking lean. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where I try to make it a habit not to comment on people's weight unless they call attention to it themselves. Cause it's like, you don't know what they're going through. It's like, you mm-hmm. can tell them they look great, but they might not be eating because they're stressed and you don't want to reinforce that bad habit, you know? So a good rule of thumb for, for me, which I tell people is just, you know, if you can tell somebody's doing the work, they'll bring it up to you at some point and then you can give them kudos, but don't give them unwelcomed kudos because it might land wrong, you know? Yeah, that's, you know, I'm glad that you say that because I've really tried in the last few years to be very mindful of, especially with athletes when I'm speaking to them, not to bring things up that they don't bring up to me because you're right. I feel like if they want something to be shared, if they want to talk about that, they'll bring it up. But who knows what I could be unpacking in that moment by something that seems you know, not a big deal in my mind. I might be thinking, oh, I'm giving you this compliment, but who knows what that could mean for them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's one thing too, I think just societally that, that like over the, it's like a bunch of different layers. It's like the onion in the Shrek reference, but like (laughs) there's so many layers to, to like just mental health, but how it relates to fitness and just like, kind of like goes back to like reading the room. So Mm -hmm. somebody might be on their journey, but like reminding them that they're maybe you're reminding them that they're only at this spot in their journey, which is negative reinforcement in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I, so for anyone who, if you're tuning in, you kind of want to guide for our conversation today to, well, anyone who's listened to this podcast before knows it goes every which direction and (laughs) it doesn't matter. Like last week, every time I was like, I'm not going to go on a tangent. I went on like four. It's fine. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I did want to talk and I'm glad that you brought that up because the most recent episode of meathead test kitchen, you talked about mental health and checking in. We're one year into a pandemic and for myself, I'm having to check in quite a bit because I realized something recently, and that is that I have a lot that I'm going to have to unpack about this last year and just a lot of work I'm going to have to do personally. And I sometimes don't know how to square that because it's simply my own mental health. But I feel like if I bring it up, people are going to do the typical well, if you don't feel safe or you don't feel this, just, just don't do it. And it's like, well, that's not the answer, mm-hmm. but I just listening to that is like, yeah, we need to check in. Like our mental health is as important as our physical health. And I'm realizing that my mental health right now, one year into this pandemic is a little, eh. mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I don't think you're alone there. <laughs> I legitimately, we were, we were supposed to have a guest actually uh, on our last episode of MTK and so Sadie was like, well, what do you, what do you want to talk about? I'm like, honestly, dude, I think it's time for a mental health check because I need it. <laughs> and she was like, I think I need it too. And I was like, we don't really need to have like notes, but I do want to touch on like just the fact that it has been a full year. This mm-hmm. is unprecedented period in our lifetimes and several generations before us and, and not addressing or at least acknowledging that I think is, is a disservice to, 
pretty much everyone. I think that it's super important and that fitness and mental health are very much tied together as well. And so I think that that was a good conversation to have. Yeah. I mean, I think that we're all really spread way thin right now and that's to be expected. I mean, I've, I've lived through some very unique challenging times in my life. Um, Mm -hmm. and this might beat the hurricane at this point, like not having power for 45 days really sucked, but this is next level compared to that. Like we're selling ourselves short if we don't acknowledge that we're not okay. You know, like it's okay to not be okay, especially right now because it's weird. Yeah. And if, if you're like, so this is actually something that Sadie, you like, you're talking when you say that hurricane for anyone who's unfamiliar, the, you were in Puerto Rico and that hurricane hit and you were without power for 45 days. I, for somebody who's not, who maybe isn't yet familiar with you, but like I said, you should be, you need to be listening to their podcast, follow her on social. Can you just share a little bit about yourself and maybe like what you're willing to share there? Because I am always so impressed with how, and even if it, this kind of goes into what we're also going to talk about is our feeling of imposter syndrome. But like, I always am like, so whenever you post about like your experiences, it makes like, I feel like I learned something and I feel like things that I was not previously aware of, I take away from. So whatever you're willing to share, especially as we're talking about like things that you've lived through that like maybe in the moment you don't realize what that is going to mean down the road as far as mental health, the way that we approach things going forward. Yeah, that, thank you, by the way, that makes me feel good because I share things in the hopes that people do learn something. So that means I'm doing, I'm doing something (laughs) right, which is good. Um, Yeah, it's been, I've had a very interesting short 33 years of life almost. Um, Lost my brother when I was 18 to cancer. Uh Um, Moved on from that. We just, you know, started kind of met my, now he's my husband a couple years later. Um, we were dating, we decided that, Hey, we're going to go to Puerto Rico for vacation. Looks cool, whatever. So we went, we were there drinking on top of a rooftop in the middle of the afternoon. It was 84 degrees in January. And my husband, Phil turns to me and goes, I could live here. And I'm like, say what now? (laughs) So we decided that we were moving there and we moved to Puerto Rico in three months. Don't recommend it. It's way too fast. (laughs) Um, but we bought a house in March and we moved in May. So we were there um, for the first set of blackouts that happened. I believe that was in 2016. Um, I got to experience a drought, a couple blackouts. I lived through riots and two hurricanes while I was in Puerto Rico. So it was pretty interesting. Um, But 2017 was the year that like, I have two points in my life that I reference. It's did this happen before or after my brother died or did this happen between when my brother died and Maria? And then there's things after Maria, like it was one of those events in my life. So um, we had our first hurricane, which was Irma. Irma wrecked Tortola and the British Virgin Islands um, and a lot of the Eastern part of the Caribbean. Um, Irma was terrible, 185 mile an hour sustained winds. Uh, we had some friends that lived on Tortola that their roof got ripped off their house. Um, she was nine months pregnant. She literally had her baby the day after Maria hit PR. Um, so that was interesting. They got a police escort to the hospital. Uh, but Irma was our first hurricane. We didn't really get a whole lot of that in San Juan. We got some like wind, some rain. Our power did go out for a couple of days. We lost our internet. Um, the, (laughs) it's not funny, but the ironic thing was I got my internet back the day before Maria hit. (laughs) It's like, I had internet for all of a day. I'm like, I'm gonna play video games. Nope. 
So Maria strengthened in the span of a day from a tropical storm to a category five hurricane. Um, and that's when we kind of knew we were boned because we'd seen the, the tracking had shown that it was going to keep kind of trending towards us. We knew we were going to get hit. We didn't know how bad it was going to be, but we knew we were screwed. Um, so Phil was actually back here in Omaha doing work because we didn't have any power or internet and he owns his own business. So I called him and I'm like, Hey, that thing was a tropical storm this morning. Now it's a cat five. You need to come home now. So he got home the next day. We got everything ready. We boarded the windows, made sure everything was cool. And, uh, I learned that we were not as nearly, <laughs> nearly as prepared as we thought we were. We somehow pulled it off and got through it, but, um, our generator didn't start when our power went out at one in the morning. So I'm out there with an umbrella and cap it's like cat one hurricane condition. So it's like 80 mile an hour winds. There's no lightning or thunder in a hurricane, but it's all wind and rain. So I'm in between our houses holding an umbrella and a flashlight. So my husband can try to figure out how to get our generator to work and it didn't work. So, um, we had to go to my sister-in-law's house and they had a bunch of cats and a bunch of people staying there. Um, and we stayed there and rode out the storm and I slept through most of it because I didn't want to see it. Um, the sound, I will never forget that sound. It, ugh. um, our houses were made of nine inch thick concrete reinforced with rebar. And when those 220 mile an hour wind gusts would come through the house would shake. Like I literally thought we were going to die that day. I've never, ever, ever had that thought. Like I might die today until that day. You know, I, really I, my dad moved to Florida when I was very young and like obviously hurricane season, but like, I never really understood the significance of hurricanes and just how truly terrifying they can be. And like, this is something that I think is just such a traditional, like Midwest thing where people are like, well, at least, at least with a hurricane, you have warning. You do. But it like okay you have warning to what like like you said you get you you try to be prepared you uh board things up you have homes that are made about as structurally sound as you hope that they can be but it really doesn't like if 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 it's a strong enough storm there's only so much you can do yeah mother nature will always win Mm -hmm. um so yeah after the storm we were down for 45 days without power we didn't have water for like a week Uh, We had a generator and a cistern, so we made it work. Um, We rationed our generator diesel. Once we got it fixed, the battery died, by the way, is why the generator wouldn't work. We accidentally unclipped the battery to the maintainer when we were getting the generator ready that afternoon, which was ironic. But um, so once we got that back up, Phil's sister's generator died at their house. So then they all moved over to my house. I had 15 people, including a newborn baby at my house after that hurricane. Um, I was running a hostel, but then I also got my, my youngest children, my, my hurricane kittens came to me the day after Maria. So it wasn't all terrible. Um, but we were lucky that we were only down for a month and a half without power. I had a friend that didn't have power for over a year. Oh my gosh. And there are still parts of the Island that are very remote that still don't have power. And people really don't realize like how much we take these things for granted because when like you, you lose power for what a day or six hours or whatever it is. And you feel very inconvenienced because I don't have Wi-Fi or I don't have, you know, light Mm -hmm. to get ready. It's, but that's such small, like not like not disregarding anyone's like experiences. Like I understand like losing any amount of power is terrible for so many people, but I'm just saying like, I don't think sometimes when we're like, Oh, I lost power for six hours. You realize like the significance of, could you imagine that being six weeks? Yeah. Yeah. It it's insane. Um, we like, 
we really, really had to hustle. And I, I think it, it totally changed who I am, but like there was one day that my husband had to go sit in a Marina for nine hours to wait for the one pump. So we could pump diesel out of our friend's boat. So we could power our generator that week because there was no diesel. Um, it was, I waited in line for three or four hours to get like 30 gallons of diesel at a gas station one afternoon. Mm. Um, multiple people like just would sleep in their cars out in front of the gas station overnight to make sure that they could get fuel. It was, it was crazy. Um, Vieques, which is one of the, the satellite islands to PR. So you've got Culebra and Vieques that are off on like the northwest coast. It's on the west side of the island. No, east side of the island. Sorry, I'm backwards. East side of the island. Um, Vieques hasn't had a hospital since Maria. Their hospital was destroyed. Um, the only way that you can get from Vieques to the main island is by ferry. And that ferry is not at all reliable right now. And the people of Puerto Rico are actually protesting right now in the water in front of the ferry because it's so crappy like it's not reliable transportation these people don't have a hospital and they have no reliable way to get to the mainland to get health care um so it's really messed up there right now um and see and this I is what i feel like i've learned so much from you and i just so appreciate and this is like when i talk about this podcast what i hope it is for so many people is this opportunity to learn a perspective that maybe you didn't mm -hmm. have before or weren't aware of because I remember when I remember when and I I'm you said it so much better than me. Um, I it's going to sound so Irma, but it's like Irma, like uh, Irma is how they pronounce it in Spanish. It is also Irma, but it just sounds much better. You said it so much. I was like, <laughs> I'm going to feel really like. But anyway, when that hit. So a friend of mine, um, her family has like visited St. Thomas for a very long time. And to the point where they have like people on the island that they consider like family. Uh -huh. And when Irma hit St. Thomas, how devastating it was for so many reasons. The thing that I will always take, because I actually, I actually visited St. Thomas prior to then. And the one thing I took away that I have actually learned even more about from you, Sadie, is listening to people on the island talk about like, well, we just don't really have any like say we are a part of the United States. We are a part of like everything in the sense that like we, we are a territory, mm -hmm. but we don't get a say really in anything that happens to us. We don't get to vote. We don't get to be a part of the political. We don't get to decide much, but we yeah. have to live by it. And I think, you know, knowing like, I don't think people realize, like you said, people are, protesting rioting they're they're saying we deserve we deserve to be heard and how many people in the united states are actively like realizing and i mean in the greater united states but i appreciate like when you talk about statehood and what that actually means and why it's so easy for people to go oh we'll just make this a state but like there's so much more to that than just saying okay let's do it yeah well look at i mean if you want an example like within the 50 Washington, D.C. It's not that easy. It's they've been talking about trying to do that forever. So like just say it's kind of like if you don't like this, then just do this type of a situation that people take that stance on. And I think that that that's um, one. It's not listening to what the problems actually are. And if you really do want kind of an education on, on the things that are going on in PR, I really do suggest that you follow Sadie on Twitter or Instagram because 
she's so insightful in the things that she shares. And I've also learned a ton. And I, I mean, I've, <laughs> I was talking to you while you were down there. Um, yeah. I like, well, and after, uh, obviously there was like during, I, I wasn't, but, but just following her on, on social media to, to get some insight on the things that are going on down in Puerto Rico, because without, honestly, without you, Sadie, I wouldn't know one where to find, um, how to find what's going on down there, but two, I wouldn't know half of what I do know. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where I feel like that's the least I can do. Um, because those people saved me after Maria, like I was done. Um, my friends and family and PR are amazing. And I just want them to be able to live a, an easy, fruitful life. And they've never known what that's like, unless they leave their home and come to the States, which is really unfair. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's and even then, like, is it like, what, what will we even potentially offer here? Like, that's the mm -hmm. other part where it's like when people say like, oh, well, we have this great thing to offer. Do we? Right. Because I feel like we money, do. But that's about it. But yeah. Yeah. Um, it's and the, you mentioned the D.C. thing, Sasha, which is kind of similar, but different. Um, yeah. But I just meant for people to like, yeah, kind of get a grasp of like, it obviously it's very very different but yeah it's not you can't just snap your fingers and become a state right <laughs> um and it's it's really it's really interesting too because I've I used to think oh just become a state because in P when they teach you about PR in school I learned it in senior government class and PR mm -hmm. was a footnote with American Samoa and all the other territories which are really possessions of the U.S. Mm -hmm. um we didn't get to vote for president we didn't have a say in the 2016 election. We got to vote in a primary, but by then Hillary was already the candidate for the Dems and Trump was already the candidate for the Republicans. So it didn't matter. It's all lip service. Um, you, as a Puerto Rican, it's, you just, your life is so much harder. It's so hard to just be a normal human that exists down there. Get doing errands is insane. Uh, if you need to go to the doctor, good luck. You have like five hurdles you need to jump. Like back in when I had to have a shot, you'd have to go down to the pharmacy, pay cash for your vial, take it back upstairs, have the doctor administer it, and then cash out again when you leave. Like why? What's the point of that? It's so inefficient. There's no need for that. You're just making people jump through hoops. Why are you punishing them? You know? That you yeah. talking about that too. And this is just like a friendly reminder for anyone listening. Uh, you, especially if in Nebraska are eligible to get your COVID vaccine as of now, no matter where you go, pharmacy, health departments, go get your vaccine. But like, I have become more aware of how much more like difficult the vaccine rollout is elsewhere mm -hmm. outside of the continental United States, mm -hmm. because it's, it's you, you take for granted, like I made an appointment, I showed up or I got the phone call, I showed up and this person gave me my, you know, vaccine and I left, but it's not, I, I can understand the frustration because especially a lot of the issues are in places that are tourist. Mm -hmm. they, they are accepting a lot of tourism because they need it for the economy, but they're also struggling to get access to vaccines or to yes. be able to make it easy to get a vaccine. Well, that's one thing that I think kind of gets lost in the ether sometimes too. Like is healthcare in the United States great compared to some other places? Uh, it's better. <laughs> um, 
I think that we're very fortunate to have a healthcare system here with whatever problems it may have, because I think that we take, that's just another thing that we take advantage of Mm -hmm. or take for granted, I should say, Um, because places that like Puerto Rico, for instance, in this conversation, like they have it so much more difficult and not as convenient as we do. Yeah. And the doctors are good. The doctors are all U S board certified. They're all Mm -hmm. like, it's just like going to a doctor here. Um, but yeah, the bureaucracy is, is ridiculous to get married. If you come down to PR as a tourist, it's only $150. You buy your tax stamp from Hacienda, you go on your way. Um, as a citizen, we had to have blood tests and then we had, so we had to pay for the blood test. We had to pay a doctor to interpret the blood test results from the lab. So we had to go pick them up three days later. So we went to the lab twice. Then we went to a doctor, paid him $40 to look at our sheets and sign off on them because it's an old blue law from the 1930s that no one's ever gotten rid of for some reason is still there. Um, did that, got another piece of paper, had to go get a tax stamp from Hacienda, which there's only two of those offices in all of San Juan, which is a one point some million people metro. So you know how much of a pain in the ass that was. Um, so I had to go get a stamp, take it to a separate office, get a piece of paper that was blank that I couldn't take with me to the wedding because if I got it wet, if I bent it, it didn't count. And I already put so much effort into this stupid piece of paper that I just left it at home. And then it's all in Spanish. (laughs) So I had to go to like six government offices and you have to do all of this 10 days before you get married. (laughs) Yeah. And it's all in Spanish. How about stress? I don't know how the hell I pulled that off, but that is one of the most impressive things I think I've done in my adulthood. Like, wow. It was a trip. Like, so much running and it really, it really hit home and drove it home for me. Like they do this all the time. This is normal life in Puerto Rico. Like this is all they know. They deserve better. You know, I just, I could talk like, so I'm trying really hard to not do this to Sasha today because I tend to like, she tells me like, okay, this is how much time we have to record this podcast. And then I'm like, we bump up to it. And I'm just like, sorry, I really, really, really recommend because I could talk to Sadie about this for a long time and I really recommend please follow her on social we can we will link it um in the show notes because I just think it's so at meathead Sadie at At meathead Sadie everywhere um (laughs) I think it's so important this is kind of something that like I think everyone needs to do expand your following. So if you are a big sports fan and you're like, well, you know, I don't really do this or I don't like, I don't work out. Maybe like, I don't, whatever. It doesn't matter. You will learn something from someone else. Like follow somebody who talks about things that you don't traditionally follow on social because it will, it will broaden and expand just your knowledge without you even sometimes realizing it. So really, really recommend it. (laughs) I think that's like this conversation actually is a really good segue into what we are going to talk about today too, just because, and I'm not trying to make you cry, Sadie, but, (laughs) um, so we were going to talk about imposter syndrome today. Like I think all the three of us on this podcast right now have been feeling it, um, pretty hardcore lately. Um, but I think that to Sadie's credit, like going through all of that, and it changing who you are as a person. I, I think that not that you weren't compassionate before, but the level of compassion that you have for other people, um, your drive, your sustainability in all things that you do. And just like your knowledge base going through all that has put you exactly where you should be right now. 
And that's what I hope. (laughs) Yeah. And I, I just think that like, I virtual hog, but you're one of the best people I know. I love you guys. You're the best. (laughs) Well, I am like, I'm such a Sadie super fan. So I just need to be clear. I like from the moment found her through Sasha have been like, just, I don't do a very good job of, I need to do a better job of telling people, Hey, I'm a huge fan of yours because this goes into imposter syndrome. So again, this is why you need to follow people on social like Sadie, because she shared something. It was a tweet that she had seen. She shared it on Instagram stories and it was basically about imposter syndrome and how this is something that so many people, men, women, non-binary does not matter who you are. We all suffer from imposter syndrome. And if you really stop and think about it in your day, how many times you stop yourself and go like, I'm, I'm, this is not where I'm supposed to be. I'm not qualified enough. I'm not this, I'm not that. Like we're constantly undermining ourselves. And so I messaged Sadie I think I sent like the clapping or 100. Yeah. Um, but then we were talking back and forth and I shared with her something I've actually started doing recently. And I don't know why I started doing this is whenever I feel imposter syndrome beginning for me, I say it out loud. I say imposter. And I don't say it like, I'm not like standing in the middle of like imposter. the grocery store. And I'm <laughs> right. like imposter. I'm not like trying to like get everyone to like think I'm sus. And for everybody who plays uh, that game, whatever that game is uh that's like the imposter game oh what is um, that called I can't remember what is it I I haven't played in a while and I love among, uh, among us among us yes but I do this at least as a mental note for me to hear how many times in a day I feel like I'm not supposed to be where I'm at or I'm not good enough mm-hmm. and when I have those moments I try to stop myself and ask why like why are you feeling that way and the answer a lot of times is I don't know why the hell I feel that way I don't have a good answer. Just so people, in case people don't know what the actual definition, I looked it up just because imposter syndrome can mean a lot of things to a lot of different people, but the loose definition is doubting your abilities and feeling like a fraud. It disproportionately affects high achieving people who find it difficult to accept their accomplishments and many question whether they're deserving of the accolades that they receive. Hi, is that my brain? <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Like for real. I, and I honestly, I think that part of the reason that we wanted to do the mental health check episode on Meathead Test Kitchen was a lot of imposter syndrome things were going on. I'm like, gosh, I, I haven't, to full disclosure, have not worked out and it's 10 days now. Yes, I know exactly how many, but but you've but, also been moving. So that is like yeah. a total workout. <laughs> I know, but I, I was like, oh my gosh we have this podcast where we talk about working out and the importance of being consistent. And here I am 10 days, not what my, according to my whoop, I was at a 16 and 17 every single day for the last five days. So it's just like taking a step back and being like a breath. If you have to scream imposter inside your head. Um, Mm. (laughs) a lot of times I think it's just, it comes down to, or goes back to uh, like a confidence thing. Like, we all know the three of us like right now talking to each other know what we're talking about. We know that we know what we're talking about, but it's really easy. I think to like the double whammy is that we're women. And so I think that in the industry that we are in, um, I think that that sometimes takes on a, a, a like a two headed beast of like you're not good enough. You shouldn't be able to do this, blah, 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 blah. It's like a never ending battle sometimes. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. it's really it's really difficult sometimes to and I've been in broadcasting since I was 19. So I've been doing this since I was literally a kid. Like it's so wild to me that I've been doing it for this long, but it is a boys club. That's how mm-hmm. it's been. Um I'm really thankful that I didn't have some sketchy experiences that other women in our industry have with people. Um, I consider myself very lucky that I had friends around that were there to help me avoid certain situations that I was too naive to know about because I was 24 years old and I was at Sony record label parties where everything is free. And like, there was such a recipe for disaster, letting a mid 20 something alcoholic go to Nashville on her own for a country music seminar where they just get you drunk all the time. Like, I, I avoided a lot of stupid things somehow, thanks to uh, my mentors, but yeah, like I hear some of the stories of other women that are in our industry and it's like, what the hell? Yeah. Oh, I like, I'm super fortunate. Like you said, like I have been fortunate enough that like my experience in sports media hasn't come with a lot of what I've heard others share. And I take that as like, not like that does not mean I did anything right or different. That just means to be quite frank, I just got freaking lucky. Like it, that's just what it is. But I mean, even to this day, so I am a decade into my career. I am 33 years old. I (laughs) children, children, (laughs) I still will show up to practice and feel like I do. Am I supposed to be here? Am I supposed to stand here? Should I be standing here? And it's like, I don't have anything to prove to anyone. I know right. exactly what I'm doing, yet I worry about it all the freaking time. I just do. I can't help it. It's in my mind constantly. You don't need to be here. You shouldn't be here. You don't deserve it. Pat and JT just had a, a not huge on, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Well, she is a numerologist is who okay. they had yeah. on, but Ooh. I'm not huge into that kind of stuff, but they did, you know, um, some of the higher ups in our company and then everybody that was in the, that works at her, at media, um, in the office there. And they got to me and they freaking nailed it. Like she has to like, because this is imposter syndrome, like to a T I have to know every single detail of every single thing I am about to do, because if I screw it up, I am not good enough. Like I am somehow, if I don't do something perfectly on the first shot, it is devastating to me because I am the person who should know how to do this. And I'm not allowed to make mistakes because if I make a mistake, I am not qualified in some way. Like it's ridiculous. I was like in, I was actually on a work trip setting up a podcast in Vegas and I'm on a treadmill walking and I'm like bawling because I'm like, why am I like this? (laughs) Because it, it's it's devastating when someone else points it out to you, yeah. <laughs> when you feel like you have to be perfect, it, especially at work for me. Like, I take great pride in my abilities. And if I screw up, it's just like the world is crashing down. Like, there was one time uh, when I was producing Nick Baugh's podcast. It's the Robin Washett story that most people, if you're listening to this and listen to Nick Baugh, know about. I dialed the wrong number. And the guy got on the air because he was a third shift worker and so tired that he didn't know what was going on. And so it was the most awkward two and a half minutes ever. And I got a couple text messages from colleagues and like, are you okay? Because they know how I am. And I was like, no, I'm not okay. That's the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened. But mistakes happen because we're human. 
Not yes. because we're not worthy or that we don't know. Yeah. It didn't happen because you suck. It just happened. Because <laughs> right. <you're> human. Exactly. <laughs> it just happens. Exactly. Oh, yeah. But it's hard. Like you were saying, Sasha too, like as women, like there's just a, like, it doesn't even matter. Like if it, like, I want, I want anyone, we have a lot of men who listen to this podcast and I want you to also like, it's not just in sports mm-hmm. and it's not just in broadcasting. It's not just in journalism. It's in every field. And I yeah. really mean that like, look around you and ask yourself if the women in your life, like, because there's just a lot of expectation to be basically perfect. And if you get something wrong, you suddenly now have to prove yourself. You have to prove that you, you knew what you were doing. And that's like the worst part is like, if I get anything wrong, anything, if I write anything wrong about sports, somebody is going to remember for the foreseeable future. Oh, Mm -hmm. you did this. You're having to like, basically build back trust why do I owe you that? Like we are human. We make mistakes. We sometimes mistype. We misspeak. Shit happens. Yeah. But women do tend to get put in that position of like, you now have to earn that trust back. And I feel like that's how it's that double-headed monster because we already feel this way as human beings in some capacity at some point, but then especially in sports or like anything, being a woman of any kind of caliber or just a woman in general, the second we screw up at something that maybe we is deemed we shouldn't be screwing up or misspeaking or anything like that because of the, like the, I want, I don't want to say backlash, but it kind of ends up being that way sometimes. But I think that that just adds even more doubt. Like it's, Oh my God, I can't believe I did that. Now I've got this person over here thinking that I'm incapable somehow because I'm a human and I made a mistake. Like, but you have to think about it this way too. Like you have some dude on the internet who's hiding behind a fake profile picture and a fake handle on Twitter that doesn't know anything about anything. And is still trying to critique you. It's like, bro, what do you know about this? You know, nothing about what I do. You have no idea what kind of experience I have to back up all of this that I produce. You know, nothing. It's literally, and I know, Aaron, I'm going to get you with this one. It's the Taylor Swift song, The Man. I'm sick of running as fast as I can, wondering if I'd get there quicker if I was the man. Mm-hmm. The first time I heard that song, bald. Yeah. Yep. Because, like, Taylor and I, we're pretty similar. I'm a, we're, like, a year older than, I'm, like, a year older than her. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were in parallel lines in the music industry at the same time. We were both growing up at the same time. I was on the promotion side. She was on the performance side. And I can't imagine some of the things that poor girl had to deal with in her twenties with these people. Mm -hmm. I know her former manager. I I've been in the same room with him. I don't like to say things that aren't nice about people, so I'm not going to. Um, but Everything that she has come out saying against her former management, I believe every single word because I've been in the same room with those people. Yeah. And that's why, like, first and foremost, believe women when they tell you, because how many times do you have to have other people backing up to be like, like you just said, oh, it's so funny that you brought up the man. I listen to that song a lot when I'm needing when I'm needing just like a little bit of an energy boost of like, okay, I can do this. I got this. Yeah. And then she also released that the song Mad Woman with um her like folklore evermore and so (laughs) it's funny that you say that because I feel like Taylor Swift is like the like the like pinnacle of like explaining sometimes like how 
whether you're a fan of hers or not, but when you look at like her and I had a little bit of like a fall, like I used, like I grew like same thing, grew up with her. We were going through the same stages of life. I really, really fell out with her in about 2016 because I felt like her silence was complicit. And I'm like, here I am trying to find my way in this world and this person that I look up to and kind of look at as this like mentor and role model is not and allowing people to call her like, a support system for white supremacists. I'm like, no, we're not, we're, we're, we're taking a break. Yeah. But now knowing if you've watched any of her stuff, how much that was being controlled by the men around her, basically saying, you don't want to, I mean, even her dad, you don't want to speak up. You don't want to say that because then people won't, it's the Michael Jordan Republicans buy shoes to argument. Yep. But you can see her now coming into her own and finding that voice where she's saying, nope, this wasn't okay. This isn't okay. I had to fight and I am still fighting so much harder because of the fact that I'm a woman. Yep. And I think I said this about something totally different this week. I think a lot of people write off the experiences of someone like Taylor Swift because they, they think it's like a lot of people make women's experiences cute or they make them that's nice. Mm-hmm. They diminish they do, them. They yep. do that. And also I think that in, in terms of like where she has status wise, I think that because she is a high status person and has some money that you should, you don't have these problems because you have, you, you have a lot of money and you're famous. Yeah. Like, Oh no. People did that with like <laughs> Megan Markle recently right. with her. And she shared that like, and here's the thing that I tell people, I don't care if you're a fan of Megan Markle or not. Like it does not matter to me one bit, but if this woman on a national stage is willing to say, I was having suicidal thoughts, I was extremely depressed and you are not alone if you're feeling that way, because that's how I was feeling too. That is going to save someone. Absolutely. Somebody is going to go, Meghan Markle feels the way I do. And now suddenly that person has a totally different, totally different perspective. They feel less alone. And I get so tired of people being like, well, she can't feel that way because she has money. She's rich. She's this mental health to bring this full circle. doesn't, it doesn't nothing that you have. It doesn't matter. It doesn't stereotype. No. I've, I've lived in a big ass house with a pool in the backyard. I've, I've been on both ends. I was on welfare as a kid. And then we, you know, we had business go really well and we moved to PR and I lived in this awesome house in a gated or a gated neighborhood with a pool in the backyard and all this ridiculous stuff that you like dream of when you're a kid. It's like, wow, I actually have it. Having money makes things easier because you can pay your bills, but it doesn't make you happy all the time. Like, Money is not happiness. Money is ease of life is how I like to explain it to people because you can have all the money in the world and still be completely miserable because you're not good with yourself. Right. I mean, mental, mental health. Like I like talking about it, honestly, as much as I possibly can. Um, I I mean, I could do an entire podcast series on mental health, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. Um, But when I was a kid, I didn't like we didn't really have, my mom worked three jobs at all times. Like didn't mean that she could pay her mortgage. Um, you know, like we, we had to bar, you know, we, it was a struggle, but the thing that got me through the day sometimes when I was a kid was realizing that there are people out there who have it worse than me. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, they're doing okay. So I can be okay. Um, it wasn't until I was probably like 12 where like my mom was like, 
you know, mental health was real taboo then, but she's like, you need to talk to somebody because you, you know, nah, nah. it was depression. Doesn't, it doesn't matter or care if you're 12 years old or if you're 35 years old and have a crap ton of money, it's, mm-hmm. it's not going to discriminate. It's it, it is what it is. And, it, and like by talking about it and making it more normal, I think that that helps people be like, well, if this person can do it, I can, I can go, I can go find some help for myself. Like maybe it's time to, maybe it's time to go do that. I mean, if Meghan Markle can come out and be that honest with that many people on national stage on national television, that was like one of the highest rated things that was watched that week. And knowing that people were going to be critical. And I think no matter who you are, if you're watching a sporting event and you're upset because this did or did not happen, or you, you are like, I think it's so easy anymore for people to just hide like Sadie said behind a fake profile photo or even sometimes very openly with who they are yeah but to attack people and to dump their own the things that they need to work on onto someone else and knowing that you know there's a lot that has to be dealt with then for that person so I mean I think to being mindful like just being mindful of the fact that you don't know what other people are going through. Yeah. You, you said could, it so much better than I just A did. person could be walking around with the biggest grin on their face on mm-hmm. earth because that's their shell that they decide to hide in that day. You don't know. And by saying you could, you could be totally joking with someone on the internet and, and say the thing that just throws Except them for a loop. Yeah. You don't know words carry weight and words matter so freaking much. And I wish that people would just be more mindful of that. I know it's the freaking internet and it's anonymous and whatever. It doesn't mean they get to be an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. It's oh. not a free pass to be a dick. Um, I mean, it's you literally, you literally don't know anything about that person. You don't know anything about their life experiences. You don't know what they've seen. Like, uh, I mean, it's just, you just need to be nice to people. like it's free yeah you don't know everything about everyone or everything so don't act like you do maybe maybe humble yourself a little bit because that's a good place to start yeah like I I love that humble yourself yeah I mean it happened to me multiple times and not for my you know against my own not even something I chose you know but it's like when life kicks you in the balls you have no choice but to be like well guess I'm doing this for a while, you know, like, and that's how you build grit. And that's what makes you a strong, compassionate person. Like, I I don't understand why people feel that they need to be so vicious on the internet. Like if your life is that bad, please go seek help. Like this isn't healthy. It's not healthy for you. It's not healthy for the people that follow you. It's not healthy for the people that attack you. Go after people if they're doing bad things, if they're a crappy politician, if they're a crooked businessman, if they're Mm -hmm. hurting people, if they're racist, if they're bigots, if they're, if they're, you know, I mean, if they're anti LGBT, go after those people. Those people deserve to be reprimanded and they deserve to hear the other side of the story because they just have their fingers in their ears and they're not listening to anybody. Go after those people. Don't go after people on the internet that are just out there trying to make other people's days better. Amen. I was going to start clapping, but I have two dogs (laughs) near me and they think (laughs) clapping is like not a good thing. So, oh my gosh, I feel like 
Sadie, we'll have to have you on the podcast yeah. again because we have so many things we need to keep talking about. For now, <laughs> if you are if you are somebody who wants and you should go follow Sadie at Meathead Sadie on all social media. Check out Meathead Test Kitchen um, on anywhere you listen to podcasts mm-hmm. um, because as you will learn so much. I promise you, it doesn't matter if you're super into your health and fitness. It does not matter. Learn something. We always say that. Go out, be nice, be kind humble yourself. I love that. Please, <laughs> please, please humble yourself. Yes. Don't make someone else have to do it for you because that'll be embarrassing. And fun <laughs> for anybody. Well, we really, really appreciate you joining us this week. And I hope everyone, uh, you, you enjoy when we have guests. So we will continue to look uh, for guests, but I think Sadie, we definitely need to have you back. So thank you. Yes. Thank you guys. Don't I'm- forget to email us too. Um, if you've got any comments or questions or anything about um, this podcast or any of our other podcasts. Um, it's mind your own podcast at hailvarsity.com. Yes. And follow Sasha at Sasha 72. I'm at Aaron Sorensen. We'll be back next week, next week, next Wednesday, whenever you like, well, there will be another episode. We'll talk to you then. Love you. Bye. A Huda Media Production.